0: You guys, hello. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Richard Jealousich. Did I say that right?
1: Jealousich.
0: Jealousich. Okay, Jellisich. Jealous That's a really yeah. cool name. I also heard you refer to yourself as Dr. J, but Jealousich. Dr. Itch, J, yeah. Dr. J is really cool. Thank you. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Uh, so what? How do How do you label yourself? Would you say you're a? You work at the California Institute of Human Sciences. So,
1: there's just, just two sides to what I do. Uh, the California Institute for Human Science is a graduate school and research center into mind, body, and spirit, and I'm lead faculty, also chair of the board of directors. And the other side of what I do is my own personal work. I've my own school called Integrative Chakra Therapy. And it also has many workshops and events since I just completed a four part series on the calendar and 12 I've people to the land of the Maya, but integrative chakra therapy is a form of energy medicine that I founded uh, well over 20 years ago. So I have students and graduates of my own um, in the US and Canada.
0: Okay. All right. So I, yeah, I watched a little video that you had on your webpage about, um, so it's a program where you can just basically learn a little bit about it yourself. And then you can also become a practitioner through you. Like you certify practitioners, right?
1: It's it's a two and a half year course and you can take it for your own personal spiritual development, or you can become a practitioner and you don't just the energy medicine itself. Let's say if you're already an acupuncturist or a psychologist or a medical doctor, you can incorporate this work into pretty much anything
0: so you're an intuitive right like you're
1: yes yes
0: yes. okay so how does that show up for you
1: i was very fascinated um going back to the ladies about how we even come to be in this dimension you know how are we how is it we're even here so i started on the chakras at time and that became a kind of a a a love if, if you like going more more deeply into my Work with the chakras scientifically at the institute, but also my own work in actually doing energy work and, and assessments with people in readings and healing, and so I found a um, three, one chakra more dominant than the rest and that the chakras uh, affect the four archetypes of a human being: mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. So from that. I was able to make assessments of a person's character in this based on my theory was this one chakra might be more. Different. It's like being right or left-handed. There's nothing wrong with your non-dominant hand. It's just you prefer one, and each has one or more sort of intuitive abilities. And of course, in all people, all the chakras are open. Everybody's intuition is always on 24-7, although most people don't know that. But from there, I was able to write a couple of books on the subject. And create a school, Integrative Chakra Therapy, where I would train healers how to make assessments based on chakra dispositions of the people they work with. And then within that assessment is to say, although we can't prescribe or diagnose, but is to, to say, you know, here's what's going on and why, here's what you can do about it, here's how to go about doing it, with the guide being, how do we help that person empower their lives?
0: so does it does it um involve a lot of um energy healing, or is it um more like physical things they can do like gravitate to certain colors or work on you know certain limiting beliefs about this thing that's associated with this chakra, or is it all of the above
1: Well, chakras are not limited first of all, distance is no factor in this it doesn't matter every Monday night, we offer free healing to the public, and it it doesn't matter you know. On the planet, uh, do it online. Uh, but because the chakras control four archetypes, uh, the healer acts as a conduit. In fact, you know, my fear is healers don't really heal, they, they, they're just facilitating a blueprint in the person that the person who comes for healing already knows what to do with some of their being. So the healer then acts as a conduit for this divine energy to flow through them. And it affects not just the physical, but mental, spiritual, and emotional state. So then my healers, uh, they learn how to make an assessment so that they actually uh, facilitate the healing on the person. Then they say, well, here's what's going on, and here's what you can do. The idea is to give the person tools that they can use to empower their lives. And some of those tools might be meditation. Some of them might be exercises. It depends on what assessment is.
0: Mm -hmm. So, in your experience, what tends to be the most um, like tall tale sign that someone's got a chakra that's really closed or not really worked with?
1: Um, it's well, I for me personally, it's quite evident. Um, but I would say it just depends on the chakra. For instance, a lot of people um, have uh, heart chakras who are somewhat. The chakra is somewhat diminished now. In my chakras are never closed or blocked, um, such thing, but they can be strong, weak, and most people they're dormant, which is not a bad word, but in people they're not awakened. So I've seen uh, a lot of people with heart 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 diminished, especially because stresses that we're on, we're under right now, Mm -hmm. with all of the uncertainty going on in the world and all the change that is happening. So uh, my healers are quite busy. Because of that, as is my wife, Michelle, as you, as you know, um, so predominantly it can be stressors that engage what we call the lower aspect of a chakra. So the lower aspect of our chakra would be fatigue, problems in the body, um, problems that end up of taking on too much energy from other people, uh, self-too thin. There's all kinds of indicators, but we pick all of this up intuitively.
0: Hmm. So I, I uh, uh, at first, you mentioned the consciousness and I, and I saw, mentioned that you have uh, this super consciousness. Like what, what is super consciousness to oh,
1: you? That... Uh, you're referring to a class just taught at the Institute called Toward a Super Consciousness. A, a, a super conscious state referred to as that which is transcendent from an ordinary cognitive waking consciousness. One quality, different than um, just simply linear thinking. So in other words, a higher level of awareness is not uh, imagination, it's not conceptual thinking. It, it's a state of being that goes beyond just a, um, a temporal and linear model. And what mealers learn how to do, they learn how to make these assessments by going into higher states of consciousness, because the higher the state of consciousness, the more you start to see things as they are. So simultaneously, um, the way that my healers are trained is actually by by doing this work in this, they're actually stimulating the chakras, which makes them even more powerful healers, which gives them even more ability to help people on a much greater level. Hmm.
0: That's that is uh that's really cool. So it says our, yeah, I also saw this this um I don't know what this is the monotoma, monotoma philosophy
1: oh yes, he was one of my main teachers. <clears throat> he was the first president and founder of the Cal Institute for Human Science. Now that, that place is quite interesting because I was one of the students in 1992. There were three students and three faculty. So Dr. Motoyama, uh, well, passed away five years ago. He was a realized yogi, a uh, scholar, a science researcher. And he is uh, one of my main mentors in this life. And modiyama philosophy simply means um, his vision, his tenets for what he calls a global human society. So he's an author of about a hundred different uh, based mostly on uh, the um, esoterics or superconsciousness, but also on science as well, he invented a device called the AMI, Apparatus for measuring the meridians and associated internal organs, um, still used as a research device today at HS. Um, so it's quite interesting that he was able to invent a device that actually can interpret the uh, meridian state of the body. And as you know, meridians are invisible channels of energy in the body that cannot directly measure. So his philosophy. The reason why uh, I started teaching it, as, as you know, I'm I'm all faculty at the institute. The reason why I started teaching that is because um, several of our board members uh, come from Mitsu Jinja in Japan. This Moriyama was head priest, and Jinja means temple or church, or you. Know, but um, when I went uh, over to the for the second time, I think it was. 2016, I told the board there that, that because one of the things they asked is, well, how do we know that the new students coming into the Institute are going to understand what the purpose is of CIHS? You know, who was Dr. Moriyama? What did he represent as a teacher? Made to promulgate people in strictly Dr. Moriyama's way of doing things, not like a cult. Because Moriyama's vision was for all religions to flourish, because they eventually go to the same place. But to assure the, uh, the, the Japanese of the Jinja that we would continue to teach Dr. Moriyama's philosophy, even came down to, you know, what are the three visions? You know, where did we get the three different yoga bodies from? You know, where did how did Dr. Moriyama further the teachings of Sri Aurobindo and inculcate these teachings into a philosophy that would empower the whole human being to a higher state. So if you think about the institute is not just mind-body, but we actually say mind-body. So that means there has to be a qualitative aspect to a research institute that grants masters and PhDs, right? There has to be a way that in academic, they call the qualitative state wellness. It, it's an academic term that says, how do you measure how awakened a person is? So this philosophy of Dr. Bodhiyama's is, is something that I hope our admin, our faculty, and our students will understand, and then basically, you know, they can then take it from there.
0: And so, like, he physically <clears throat> invented an apparatus that you can see meridians, like, it, like kind it, of like... It,
1: well, you have, you have different terminations of your meridians, fingers and your toes, seven terminations. Uh, these are called the save points or the well points. And basically what the device does is it has a little wand that puts a little, I think, one volt DC pulse, just one volt, that's nothing. But it puts a little pulse in and then it measures the decay and how that little electrical pulse decays on that meridian is an indicator of the strength or weakness of that meridian. Then an algorithm in the computer takes all of that data together and then puts out information and data in graphic and and in data form as to what is the strength and the weakness of the meridians, but all the overall system.
0: So uh, how do you, like Michelle was mentioning at some point, you guys have a lot of equipment at the, um, at the Institute where you basically are trying to measure the biofield. How, how do oh, you- Oh, sure. Yeah, how do you guys go about that?
1: Oh, sure. Well, there, there's a couple there. One is called the gas discharge visualization technique or, or, or vice, if you like. It was created by a Russian scientist by the name of Konstantin Karatkov. And basically what it does is it has an electrostatically charged plate. It would put each thumb and finger on in that, you know how um, the irises are divided into every part of the body and, you know, your foot in reflexology is divided into right. every part of the body. Okay. So it's the same thing with all 10 digits. The, 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 the tip of every digit is divided into different parts of the body. So this scientist figured out how to put a digit on an electrostatically charged plate, kind of like a curly in photograph, and it would take all ten of these measurements, put them together, and come out in two ways. One is to measure the energy body of the person, and then the second with a filter measures the physical body. And it's a pretty interesting way. Another one is called biofield viewer, which uses a technique called uh polycontrast interference photography or pip. PIP, Polycontrast Interference Photography. And basically what it does, amazingly, is this software can run on your laptop with your webcam. Any laptop and webcam, and what it does is it takes an image and through contrast, it can actually show changes in the energy field of the person. There's been videos where, let's say, two people are are doing energy work on a, a person, and so this live Actually shows the energy field of the person changing, and of course they use like red to to uh, discern low energy or loss of balance, and color when like green to make greater energy. Um, we're seeing a proliferation of the research into these devices because we cannot measure subtle energy directly, but we can measure them indirectly, and that's why these devices are important so that we can then use the science to show hey, look, the little energy of the human is real. This is not rainbows and unicorns. This is the real thing. Yes, is working very diligently as being the world leader in this kind of research and this kind of work. And we are on our way to becoming full uh, accredited. Uh, we have our next site audit visit in May of uh, 2021. Western Association of Schools and Colleges hopefully will finalize and approve us foundation. So this is a major move for us yeah. in this institute. That and sounds
0: that, that sounds like that. I'm like, wow, that's really amazing that you guys have some way to even if it's indirectly, well, but study it. That's great. And, yeah, and,
1: and Oh, I've been I've been there since 1992, so um, I'm quite invested in the outcome.
0: Yeah. So what is, what's your opinion on, um, or do you have an opinion on how electromagnetic frequencies affect the biofield? Like if, if we can tell that there is like some sort of, I mean. You
1: talk, you're talking about, uh, 4G, 5G, 2.4 gigahertz. Are
0: just, yeah. That, or even just, um, you know, electricity in general, like stuff, stuff with a lot of voltage, like how does that affect our, our body, you know, like in terms like, um,
1: we, It can be very deleterious uh, to the body. You know, one of our faculty members is also a research scientist has determined that certain frequencies that the average cell phone or um, was working at 2.4 gigahertz, which is the same uh, frequency as your microwave. And um, determined that the motility of your blood is is very much affected by having a uh, a cell phone like this, you know, uh, very, very close to your body, because people don't realize that a cell phone checks 900 times a minute, 15 times per second. Your cell phone is sending out a signal to check in, and it sends a signal at 2.4 and now 5 gigahertz. So, um, I'm fairly convinced that uh, that form of EMF exposure is healthy, uh, but we do have even our own faculty, as I said, is researching its effects.
0: Mom. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can do a lot with being able to, if you guys can physically show, um, even indirect effects of, of the field and like you guys will be able to study a lot of, a lot of other things as well. Um, so you do energy healing yourself?
1: Oh yes. All the time. Just finished a session before we got online. I have clients all over the planet.
0: So if somebody, if somebody like comes to work with you, what's, what's their main, is it more like you're teaching or you actually are, like what's well, your main thing that you do for them?
1: For me personally, um, it's a little bit of both. I mean, some people come to me with very serious infirmities and um, I do a little bit of both. Understanding the nature of the chakras is to help the person understand the, their character in this lifetime. they came to do what they came to learn now i know to some people right there finishing what i just said they may think i'm some kind of witch doctor (laughs) but but that's that's not what it is the whole point is to take some of the mystery out of the metaphysics and to empower the individual so if someone comes to me um i will uh, make some determination as to what i feel is most needed a lot of times people come because they want physical healing like they say i have a physical problem However, the chakra is the four archetypes, mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional. So the type of healing that I founded um, called the Energy Medicine of Integrative Chakra Therapy works on all four of these archetypes. So in a session, someone would contact me, either audio or Zoom, we record it for them. And sessions are on an hour. And then uh, if energy work is required, then we will certainly do that live online. Like I said we we also do this every Monday night for a couple hours for uh, the free energy healing for the public.
0: So is that the uh, Light News Radio? Is that what you is that what it's called? Like how do how do they find that
1: It's off of my, it's off of my website lightnews.org.
0: Okay, and it's you, you stream it on YouTube or do you stream it on like on
1: some... on, on Zoom?
0: Oh, okay. So they would join a zoom, a zoom call with you. Yes. Yes. Correct.
1: They would, they would see it on the uh, um, calendar page of the website or if they subscribe to my newsletter, you would see that on Monday night with the link, they register and then they get in the queue for uh, energy work.
0: Awesome. Yeah. It's our
1: service. It's our service to the community.
0: So, and you, you, every week you choose a different chakra to work on or is it more like a chakra healing in general?
1: No, it's not about choosing one chakra. Let's say you came on on a Monday night. Uh, One of my healers or myself would work with you and make a determination as to how all seven chakras are doing. Now, you know, one might be dominant, but that might not be the one that is uh, presenting some kind of uh, issue, let's say, or some kind of opportunity for for healing work. So we would make an assessment because the chakra doesn't just – determine physical attributes it, these each chakra is possessed of one or more intuitive ability like the throat chakra is mostly telepathy so that means to to be able to understand to comprehend to be able to articulate and the chakra is more empathy and symmetry the third chakra is more incisiveness so if a person is strong or weak in any of these different uh, chakras to affect perception and in which can lead to limiting belief systems. So, part of the healing work is to illustrate look, this is why this is happening in your life because the so and so and so. And, like I said, we can't prescribe or diagnose. But, you know, when you work the intuitive world, you start to see things as they are. So, the reason for the assessment verbally is to give the form of self empowerment, even if we just did a lot of energy work on that person
0: yeah i uh i mean i've i 've been getting into the world of energy healing and all of the spirituality stuff for probably like the last mm, maybe maybe seven years but uh ah uh, no maybe more like two thousand and twelve but I, I still meet some people all the time that it's like they literally, it's like I have frogs coming out of my mouth. They're like, what are you saying? What are you talking about? So how do, you, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Like the person who's, uh, you know, not that, okay, muggle. I'm going to call them that, a muggle. Like how do you deal with the complete muggle?
1: Well, if you meet a non-magic user, you know, you can say, well, you know, there's a lot of science behind what we do. There's a lot of studies. Did you know? There's over 500 scientific experiments proving that human consciousness affects biological and electrical systems. Did you know that there's all kinds of science behind distance healing, uh, um, validating its efficacy? Did you know the human body emits light one biophoton per cubic centimeter, but over a chakra center it can be 100 to 1000 tons per per cubic centimeter? There's a lot of science that is validated, what the yogis telling us. The problem is it's easy to deny because it's not physical. It's it's beyond the physical realm. And because it's beyond time and space, we have the most beautiful and difficult problem at the same time. It really is who we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Dr. Modi, his favorite thing to do was research. He was a realized yogi. So what did he do? He says, you know, I want to prove the existence of the intuition of the spirit. So let, you know, like, let's say Uncle Joe passes two years ago, then a medium says, oh, Uncle Joe is coming here. And he says to you, you go, oh, my gosh, it really is Uncle Joe, right? So Dr. Motoyama, through his AMI device and other research, was able to establish that there really is a you, a Nikki, in the astral dimension with an astral body that is actually supporting your physical body. Because I'll tell my students, you don't radiate your aura. Your aura radiates you. Your aura is the Shashumna, Ida Pingala, seven chakras. It is the biofield that holds your physical 60 trillion cells in space-time, not the way around. So if I encounter a muggle, I'm not gonna beat them up with syllables like, well, I'm gonna say, okay, well, um, did, did you know? You have to be respectful because people, the real skeptics, are the ones who really want to know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That they really, they really, they really want to know, but they don't want to be deluded. They don't want airy fairy, fluff and fold. Right. They they want to know what's the real thing. So I'm I'm well known for what what are called flower readings. I've been flower reading since February of
0: 1992. What's a flower the
1: reading? US here in the US, Canada, Mexico, G- Germany, Switzerland, I've been to all those places, tens of thousands of flowers. Why do I do it? Because it shows this is real. So, so here's what works. Let's say 10 people come at a time when we could gather physically. 10 people come who bring a flower that they've held. So then they put that flower down on the table. They don't touch the other flowers. So now after all 10 flowers are on the table, then I sit down. So now I'm sitting down looking at 10 flowers. I have no idea who brought which flower. No clue. So I'll shut my eyes and I'll have a flower and I'll do about a 10 or 12 minute reading and healing on that flower without knowing who I'm talking to. Right down to birthmarks on the body and past lives. Why? I put myself at risk to show that through faith, this is real all have these abilities. It's not that I'm good at it, it's that we all have these abilities. But I, I think one of the only ways we can help uh, people wake up is to demonstrate that it's real. So I'll go through all 10 flowers and when I'm done then if they want to tell me which flower was theirs or not and I record it for them as I cover a information uh, they can then use it later. But flower readings have been very popular because anonymity no idea who I'm reading and therefore if there's something real on the flower must be something there
0: so you're just kind of taking their bio signature that they imprinted on the flower is that like how you know yeah
1: yeah I don't have to touch the flower in fact I'm doing a flower reading this Sunday uh all all on laptop from here to Cal going to be looking at pictures of flowers that people have held on the screen because it makes no difference. The mm. fact they've held it, it's all I need.
0: That's now cool. why
1: is it but, but why do it? Because how do you show someone that metaphysics is real? How do you prove it? Gets people to think, like, how did Dr. J know that about me without knowing it was my fault? It's not that, it's that this is real. <laughs> that hopefully the people who come to the flower reading will go away saying, well, gee, I should trust my intuition more. Because the spiritual teachers will tell you, without faith, prayer and meditation is just yoga, just stretching. Your reach must extend beyond your grasp. If you truly wish to grow, spiritually. otherwise it just becomes academic. It will not yield fruit.
0: So how many students do you guys, uh, do you personally take on and how many students do you usually have at the institution or institute?
1: I think think our student load at the institute right now is 72. Um, I have over 500 students and graduates over the last 20 years. Uh, Right now I'm taking on mentees uh, because of the distance thing, you know, and we haven't been able to gather socially recently. So uh, I have a number of my own students. I have my own instructors in integrated who can also take on their own mentees. And last night, we just had a healer circle where you know all the healers can gather and and, we, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, between the Institute and what I do personally, it keeps me pretty busy. I would say that,
0: sounds, that sounds like a lot of people to, to go to. <laughs> it really does. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to put this in or not, but I was just curious. So what's your take on the 21st on now this, this December 21st thing coming up since you just did your Mayan calendar thing?
1: Um, yeah, that's, that's Nicky. Um, <laughs> I've been taking people to Central America to, um, you know, Southern Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Costa uh, Rica many times since 2005 to study the cosmology of the mind you know what were they and that is a very long subject because they were so so advanced let me ask you a question did you ever see a movie called Jodie Foster called what contact oh yeah yeah uh, remember when she got on ha- Haddon's airplane, he showed, he showed her how the primer would make sense if it was a third dimensional, higher order of looking at the primer, then it all made sense. Right. That's the Mayan mind. They are, they were so advanced. We are only just beginning to understand this. December twenty first, 2012, the Galactic Center did rise over the Grand Ball Court at Chichen Itza. A thousand years ago, how did the Mayans know that the, that the center of our galaxy would rise exactly? How did they know that, that Venus is transit? Venus and Earth do this every so often. Venus has its own orbit. Earth has its own orbit. Every once in a while, Venus and Earth align. The Mayans put it at 584 days. Modern science puts it at 583.92 days. How did they know that? So... Yeah. December 21st 2012 was a major galactic waveform alignment where major alignments of planets stars and galaxies in the transformation of consciousness but the actual alignment took place from 1980 to 2017 a 37 year window. so you and I are still in this wave this this like when the bell gets hit it's still doing wave this from, yeah for, for the next two years it's going to doing this and that's why we're in what the Mayans call the golden era of inner transformation. So it's not just the solstice on December 21st, it is an entire era that you are living in because the world right now is more like a cris, not really the caterpillar anymore, but not really the butterfly either. So we're kind of searching and struggling for the essence of our identity. So what I tell my students is inner focus, outer flexibility, inner focus, out of flexibility. December 21st, 2012, in the northern hemisphere is the shortest day of the year. It's the beginning of you know the, the, the sun's return to the north. But I think it would be more important for your listeners to pay attention to this era living in and this alignment. The Mayans looked at every day what they called their sacred calendar, the Tzolkin, T-Z-L-K-I-N, where every day was a galactic tone and a day sign just like modern astrology, and that there's 8 million Mayans still living, and many of them use the Mayan calendar. And a lot of people think, well, in 2012, the Mayan calendar ended. Yes, just like December 31st becomes January 1st. It's just a cycle. It's a cycle, right? That's all it is. But it's a very powerful one for the transformation of consciousness. That's why you see such entropy today, so many things breaking down.
0: Well, I mean, I I'm really into um, ancient archaeology and and uh, I didn't oh, really I didn't really get super obsessed with the Mayan until I went to Tikal. I think I went to Tikal like 4 years ago. Oh,
1: Tikal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I was like walking around there, go, I walking up to pyramids and then you can see like there are 60,000. They've only excavated like 20 of those pyramids. There's like 60,000 yeah. structures and this this place was bigger than New York right. City and it's yes. just completely taken over by the jungle there's so mm-hmm. much knowledge to find and that's just mm-hmm. one there's there's entire there's in, like there's so much we have yes that's yeah, great it's yeah and, so
1: and and when we're ready when we're ready we'll understand it mm-hmm. because the mayans knew that we would have to go through a period when we weren't not ready to know it And this is why certain people who are archaeologists or astroarchaeologists, as you said, would come along with a order of mind and start to understand the true teachings of the minds because we now have the capability and the capacity to understand more complex levels of being. So as you and I keep advancing ourselves, imagine what else we're going to find. Right. Because we're meant to find it.
0: Yeah, I mean, when the Spanish conquistadors came over here, they intentionally burned their entire, you know, anything they could find on the, like the Mayans um, records. So this is... Uh, yeah,
1: the co- the codexes, yeah. Like
0: all the codexes were burned intentionally. Uh, that, like, but I'm convinced that there are things buried that, that will, that eventually will come to light that'll, you know.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree more. There's Mayan families who still have crystal skulls, who still have codices, and they're holding on to for a time when they can be externalized, when the public is ready to... Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: That's so great yeah. that you went there. Yeah, oh my gosh. I think it's it's very difficult to go there. You can't go there for, there's no hotels really around there. There's a lot of hiking. There's no. No really yeah. very easy access with roads, but um, so it's not really for the, um, you know, uh, if you're not into mosquitoes and stuff like don't do it but it's it was one of the coolest places <laughs> yes that.
1: that's true or humidity yeah.
0: or humidity yeah or you know occasional puma or kind of something going on. i mean there's there's stuff but um it, it it was it was it was it was magical so and i mean and i just kept on thinking to myself like i had i just didn't really understand how much we didn't know until i was in the center of the city going oh my God, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I have yeah. been to like Oh, Oaxaca, like Mount Alban, and I've been to like uh, Tiwakan and Cabal oh, yeah. or, or Coba. I mean, I've, I've been to some
1: Coba, yeah, Coba,
0: yeah, and uh, yeah. Tulum area. But I, but this was a whole other like. This was just like a ruins of like, yeah. Basically, it was like seeing New York City a thousand years later if everybody left overnight. You know, mm-hmm. it was very bizarre. <clears throat>
1: I had pictures of uh, Tikal when uh, it wasn't cleared away and Chits when it wasn't all cleared away and Palenque too Wow So you've been going for a while Oh yeah, yeah Many trips I've taken many people down uh, with a wonderful fellow named Miguel Ángel Vergara who was the director of Itza for almost five years So we do a lot of ceremony too and meditation It's not just anything touristy, it's mostly understanding the oral traditions and the codices of the Maya and what were their real teachings. They believed in the same mind, you know, like you and I, we go to India and we hear uh, namaste, right? The God in me recognized the God in me. Well, the Mayans would go and they'd say, in laketch alaquin," in laketch alaquin." I am you, you are me. Hmm. Imagine saying that or if i greet you and i'm a maya and i greet you tomorrow morning i say, bish ubel bish ubel means, how was your day can you imagine greeting people like that
0: you know wait what did you say how was your day it cut out right at that very
1: b i x and then u and then b e l bish ubel how was your sacred path today
0: oh, how was your sacred path today okay cool well even just saying i am you and you are me and I, I mean i think that that would if you said that to people all the time we would really start having a, like less of a separation perspective and you know start yeah i mean that's this yes. is very that's very powerful. Mhm. Well okay so is there anything that i didn't ask you that um maybe you wanted to talk about or let people know about you or what you're offering?
1: Um, Well, of course, you know, the Institute is there for everybody. You know, we we also have an adjunct called the Center for Lifelong Learning where you don't have to be a student, but like I just did a four-part series on the Maya and I did, next year I'm doing certification courses on psychology of the chakras, past lives on introduction to energy medicine, and then in my own school, my own integrative chakra therapy, I'm always taking on students as mentees and uh, we always have workshops and offerings. So, you know, it's one of those things where my type of multifaceted, there's a lot of elements to what I do. But, you know, probably like you, you know, when we're doing this work, we find ourselves involved in, in various things and mm-hmm. we keep it going as best we can. So just like you, uh, I'm in service according to what I'm supposed to do in this life. And I do it to the best that I can.
0: Okay, well, great, I'm putting all your details underneath here and any, uh, so they can just go to your website if any new workshops are coming up and then the Monday night Zoom call they can get to every, from your website.
1: Every Monday, yeah, every Monday night from six to eight in Pacific time, uh, you can queue up for some free energy. And I also offer my own private sessions. Um, every, I have, Like I said, I have clients all over the planet, so those things uh, can schedule through the website.
0: Very awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Richard, our, doc, our Dr. J, it has been uh, <laughs> it's been awesome. Thank you so much for do, for doing this.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs>